It has been two years, six months, and 30 days since I last treated a patient. Hillary was kind enough to send me three questions today, two of which I'll answer on this episode, but the third one I think warrants its own, its own complete episode. First, she asks, Note, this is question is because of my line of work and what we do for realtors who want to be their own shop but are afraid or reluctant. My question, you've done an amazing job at pointing out why many PTs burn out and what the failure points are in the industry. Thank you, Hillary. That was very kind. Why didn't you choose to go on your own and create a new way or a new PT office that could thrive by making changes in the way it operates or works with clients? I appreciate the question. Um, a lot of what I would have to do to make it work would be to switch to a cash pay system. Uh, in the industry, it's it's generally been uh, estimated that if you were to switch to a cash system to no longer take insurance, you can expect to retain about 10% of your patients. That hit would be enough for me to look at it from the, the grind that it would take to become a fully cash pay system was would only really serve to contribute more to the burnout uh, as, as far as I'm concerned. While it would help with some of the issues regarding patients that I did not want to work with uh, because I could just choose not to, that would, there, there, would, there's still a level of I'm losing a, a client because I didn't want to work with them, which is an income loss. So it, there's a level of trying to open my own shop that, that just it wasn't tenable for me to continue on with. It does work for some PTs. I mean, number one, you've got to be very good at what you do because there is a very, very large difference between having to pay a copay versus having to pay, say, 125 bucks to 200 bucks an hour for treatment. So you, you need to have that value that warrants it. The other side of that that is problematic, while it does work, it really does kind of set up a situation that in those circumstances, PT really only kind of exists for the wealthy. Somebody that's on the low income spectrum is is unable to, to be able to afford that. So they're going to lose out on care the more PTs would shift to this cash pay system. So in order to actually uh, tackle some of the major components of, of why the industry is failing is to fundamentally change the way that insurance works, uh, that reimbursement works, that documentation works. Uh, all of those aspects are the major reasons that, that PTs leave, leave the market. For me personally, I was a little bit more, uh, I, I mean, that was, that did contribute. I'm not going to lie, but for me, mostly it was the individual human beings that I was working with that got to be the volume of people who I couldn't stand massively by percentage was higher, massively higher than the patients I really thoroughly enjoyed working with. The parts that I, that I absolutely miss about PT is educating. Um, hopefully that's kind of clear with the nature of the way this podcast has gone. Um, and really just playing with the human body. And so to take those two elements and try to build a business out of them is all well and good, but it's still about trying to start something from scratch that to me, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't the right path. Second question. 
with many us many of us having the ability to work from home and have more flexible schedules what are a few best in class ways for us lay people to stay fit avoid injury or just be more healthy i.e. what tools have you seen work best spin bikes treadmills home gyms or just go outside with this uh the first and foremost the, the it's the easiest answer that i can give uh it's consistently true and it's guaranteed to work do the thing that you're going to do and that's really all it comes down to so i could make recommendations for a treadmill and then that person buys a treadmill and then never uses it because they don't like to run on a treadmill um so the first step is is to really look at like what do you enjoy doing what what brings you joy and if there is nothing like for myself i exercise because it's healthy it doesn't bring me very much joy uh but if it's if it's at that level where it's like well this is i i need to do something because i'm not finding joy with any of the things that i do then it's about trying to find things that can be weaved into your day without disrupting the flow um i i've mentioned before the concept of a treadmill desk is one of the most optimal ways that you can manage your own health now there's a difference that i want to point out here when you say stay fit avoid injury or just be more healthy those are three pretty specific criteria to address um going with the third just be more healthy uh the american heart association has basically put out recommendations of 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise 5 days per week will reduce your incidence of disease by 50%. Uh what does moderate intensity exercise mean? And this is where you where you have to be careful. Um again, this is not medical advice, but I can I can tell you what moderate intensity exercise is by heart rate, but that's not a measure that the American Heart Association can use because some people are on heart rate controlling medications. so they can't use that as a measure right it it it's it's they have to use a catch-all term of moderate but for those who are healthy normal heart rates no issues going on no medications nothing like that moderate intensity exercise equates to about 130 beats per minute and for most people that will translate to just a brisk walk 30 minutes a day 5 days a week if you escalate to vigorous activity that would be again all all the medical stuff aside about 160 beats a minute that would be vigorous activity if you do that then you cut your time per week in half to get the same benefit so by being healthy brisk walk that's all it takes that's really all it takes avoid injury is another thing altogether uh avoiding injury has a lot more to do with physics than it does specific exercise uh elements. You need to have full motion, functional motion in all of your joints. Uh you need to be relatively uh balanced as in uh good balance. Um some level of strength, but the strength only in the context of what do you need to do throughout the day. If you're lifting children, do you have the strength to physically lift the child? So strength is a little bit less on the important side of things. Um if we're if we're talking day-to-day -day life. Avoiding injury when you say something like I want to hike a mountain. It's a very different discussion than avoiding injury in day-to-day -day life. You still need to have full motion in all of your joints, full functional motion in all of your joints. Um 
but now you have a specific activity that you're going towards. So the the original question that you had of what what can you do, what's you know in best in class, it's trained for the thing that you want to do. So go do that thing. Now I use the reference of hiking a mountain. In that case, there's unstable terrain. There's a certain level of cardiovascular fitness that you need to have. And somebody says to me, you know, I'm worried about my ankles. I don't think my ankles are very strong. They don't feel very stable. And I'm concerned about hiking on a trail with uneven terrain. Then what you do is you you de-escalate the intensity of the activity. So you don't start by training on a mountain. You start by walking on flat ground that is relatively uh, unstable or uneven. But it's it's a safer practice than on the face of a mountain, as an example. So if there's concerns that you have about what you want to do, what activity you want to participate in that you don't feel ready for it, then what it is 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 try to understand exactly what that activity is and how can you reduce the the intensity, the severity, all of whatever metric you want to use to make that comparable. Uh, when it comes to staying fit, again, it kind of comes down to what will you do? And that's whatever that is, that's what you should do. Uh, staying fit, it can have a lot of different meanings, but somebody who's not just looking for a disease risk, right, for healthier life, somebody who you know, says, I want to have a resting heart rate of 30, uh, those kind of concepts are going to come down to, generally speaking, the body does better overall with cardiovascular style exercise than it does pure strength training. Going to the gym has a tendency to foster uh, overworking of large muscle groups that are for resisting gravity. But very little in the gym teaches you how to resist moving forward, which is really what we do all day. The, the times that we're resisting gravity is getting up from bed, getting up from a chair, getting into bed, sitting down in a chair. Like that's, That is the anti-gravity elements. If you have stairs, that's, that's some anti-gravity too. But for the most part, we're moving forward throughout our day. And weights, weight training, is just subject to the line of gravity, which is going straight down. So you can reorient your body a little bit, but for the most part in the gym with weight training, you're left with a very specific style of strengthening that actually has a tendency to reduce our global range of motion in our body. Um, it's more evident the the more quote unquote muscle bound somebody becomes, like the the bigger size they are, the the harder time they have scratching their back. Right? Those those are the kinds of things that generate more injury when you lack range of motion to do functional activities. Uh, so when it comes to the fitness side, I would say more on the side of cardio. But then it that gets into all kinds of territory of what sounds good to you. Running, spin bikes, cross-country skiing, just go outside, as you mentioned. You know, play with your kids at the park. Like All of these kind of things are, are elements that will, will help with fitness. But none of it matters if you don't do it. Uh, so fundamentally, the question, the answer to your question that I, that I have to say is, what will you do? That's probably good. Uh, generally, it's not a bad idea to mix up your activities that you do. So if you're only cycling, then your body adapts to cycling and you get much better cardiovascular fitness on cycling. But it doesn't necessarily fully trade to running. Uh, if you want to run, then you've got to train running. 
if you, you all of these things kind of build up. Now, because I don't like to be pinned down to specific answers, I, I, I talk in these platitudes, but every so often somebody will say, no, seriously, give me the things that work. And if I'm really forced to, to, to say some specific things, uh, my personal feeling is that the combination of yoga and Pilates is a really solid exercise program. Uh, Pilates has a little bit more of a bent towards like a forward flexion type movement. Uh, yoga has more of a tendency to be a little bit more on the extension or the, or the leaning back type bias. Um, it's not that both both of those don't have flexion, extension, rotation, right? They're, it's relatively balanced. But there's a little bit more of a bias that's, that's one direction more than in another. And I think the two of them together kind of cancel each other out. They're both very focused on mobility, stability, and strength all at the same time. And I, to me, I feel like they complement each other. Uh, so there's that combination that that I, I would say that I could recommend to most people. Again, not medical advice. I need to evaluate an individual person, et cetera, et cetera. But those are the two that I feel like do the best job at not necessarily preventing injury that's somewhat impossible, but at least setting you up for success in terms of your, your orthopedic well-being. Uh, then you just have to address your heart, your cardiovascular system, which is your standard cardio. So something that's duration-based, uh, repetitive, biking, running, walking, hiking, cross-country skiing, all of these kinds of things would be would be the supplement. And so then it just that's we're, we're back to what will you do uh, in your own day? I hope that answers answers your questions. And I'll, I'll get to your third one on on the next time I do a Q&A episode. I'm, I'm really going to enjoy that one. I'm going to leave it as a teaser as to what it is to everybody listening. Speaking of everybody listening, if you're a healthcare provider of any kind and you're willing to be interviewed, or if any of you have a question you would like to ask me, you can reach me at nerdhealth at gmail.com or on Twitter at nerdforhealth. That is nerd, the number four, health. Until next time, I ask all of you to join me in taking a little time each day to try to learn something new or grow as a person in some small way. Signing off for today.